here is part two of my interview with Pat Tomasulo. One of the things I forgot to mention in the part one intro was that Pat talks quite a bit about people who troll him and other media professionals on social media and how he handles those encounters and also how uh, the uh, occasional in-person interaction with those folks goes as well. So here's part two. I hope you enjoy it. Before we were recording, we were talking about social media. You you are very active on social media, uh, yeah. on various platforms, and we were talking about the. Uh, I don't want to you know scoop anything here, but you know you're working yeah. on launching your own podcast, and we were talking about all the ways you're going to be doing that to to you know segment it out on various social media platforms. Yeah. Do you enjoy your job more or less? Because you know when you started in Chicago in what oh four. Oh five. Oh five. Okay. And I remember yeah. I remember when we met and I want to talk about that, but do you do you enjoy your job more or less since the dawn of social media or does that have anything to do with your level of enjoyment? Um, you know, it's that's an interesting question. I think um I, I think social media obviously is a different outlet of you know creativity right it's a different way to put content out there um but it can also i don't know for me at least sometimes diminish the value of the stuff that i do for tv right so in other words like you know like before social media became big you would do a piece that you knew was great and you'd put it out there and you know, if you heard, if you got five emails to the station saying how great it was, that was a lot. Right. 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 So you could put something out there and not worry about the feedback, right? Like it was just, you judged it only on the quality of the work. Right. So if I put together a piece, I know if a piece is good or not. If I put it out there and I don't get any emails back, in my mind, that doesn't affect me at all because I know it was a good piece. Right. Whereas now it's like everything is out there and half the shit that goes viral is awful. Right. It's not like quality. It, like, it's it's like a guy filling potholes with Jardinera. Oh, come on. That was that was inspired. That was really funny. I know. I'm kidding. That was inspired. But, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like some dude, you know, playing bongos on his belly on TikTok. Like it's right. just nonsense. And I but they're totally different, they're totally different audiences in in a lot of degrees. So it kind of like Sometimes you find yourself, you know, trying to think of like what's going to play on both mediums and um, it kind of, you know, it can, it can kind of diminish like the enjoyment you get out of just doing sure. the work. Sure. Right? And, well, the feedback is so immediate. Yeah. And it, and it lives forever. So yeah. it, if it might be something that is a little edgy or becomes edgy, even if it wasn't edgy at the time and then it doesn't yeah. age well. And then you're like, now suddenly you're the guy who did something that was uh, culturally inappropriate six years earlier that no one thought was culturally inappropriate at the time, or at least they yeah. didn't tell you it was. I was talking. I think I was, about that like all, I think about that all the time. Oh, it's tough, man. I was talking with uh, with Rick Tellender a while back, and he was saying how people that he used to write with at at uh, SI in like the '80s and '90s were. Some of them were really afraid. They didn't want their entire catalog to be published online because a lot of the stuff that they talked about back then was 
not cool anymore, you know, but like, right. uh, so, um, I, I joked about filling potholes with Jardinera, uh, which I agree was, was funny. And that's, I, I watched some man of the people when it was you know on the air, but I, more of what I saw was, was clips online. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and, and, uh, I, what, what worked with that and what didn't work with that with your show? Uh, and, how, and how did you squeeze it into everything else you do? Uh, I, it, not, not efficiently. I can tell you that. Right. And not in a healthy manner. Right. Um, I don't know. What didn't work with it was our staff size. I mean, we had, um, you know, at our lowest three people putting that show together. That's crazy. A weekly, yeah. a weekly half hour show yeah. with a studio we audience. Started, there were three of us with a studio audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that, that's a little, that's a little lean. It was unsustainable. Right. The whole thing was completely unsustainable. Did you know it going into it? It was unsustainable. Um, I had, I, I had my inclinations. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think when I, when I first, and I don't want to, you know, listen, every, to me right now, everything is water under the bridge with the show. You know, um, we did it. It, it. it was what it was. I enjoyed some things of it. Didn't, didn't enjoy some things of it. I think going into it, uh, there might have been a little miscommunication on what I thought we needed for the show and what they were willing to put forward in terms of resources and they put, they put a lot of resources into the show. I will say that probably more than they've ever put into anything at WGN in terms of original programming. But I think like, it was just, it was just not what we did. Right. It's not what we did. And I think, you know, we didn't know going into it, how many people, like there's a reason like Jimmy Kimmel has a writer's room of like, 15 people <laughs> right some stuff is still awful right because it's hard yeah you know it's hard it's like i remember hearing david letterman say that like in an interview like on a good week he would feel like he nailed two out of five shows right right and he had a staff of like how many yeah and that's david so, and that's david letterman and that's david letterman right although the shitty yeah, one the he, shitty- he had been doing it for for 25 years yeah like that. although the shitty ones probably think they nail every show but yeah. that's a different topic. It, it was like one of those things where, you know, it was just unsustainable. So that, um, that didn't work. I think what did work, I mean, it was, it was a work in progress. I mean, what did work, obviously, I think was, you know, I think our point of view was, was pretty, was pretty much like, you know, the whole title of the show was Man of the People, right? It wasn't like, it was, it wasn't rallying against like Trump. It wasn't rallying against, you know, Nancy Pelosi. It was just rallying against stupid people. Right. Like there's like, everybody can agree for the most part on what is stupid or like, you know, there are some things that everybody values that everybody can, can people can't argue over the value. And there's a lot of dumb shit in Chicago too. Yeah. Like, I remember I did a bit once about, like, this farmer whose leg got caught in, like, an auger. This this sounds like comedic gold right here. And he cut his own leg off (laughs) and crawled to the house 
and called 911 to come get him and then wanted to quit rehab early. They amputated his leg, obviously. And wanted to quit rehab early to get back and work the farm. Yeah. So I did a whole monologue on him and then I did a whole like, you know, commentary on like the value of farmers and how we're all a bunch of, you know, we're all a bunch of pussies who couldn't do what most farmers do. Right, right. It's like it's something everybody can agree with. Sure. Right? Um, so like that was kind of our sweet spot. I like, and, I like um, the, I saw the segment where you were at like the, um, the hotel that had the, like the different themes, the different theme rooms or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. The sex hotel. Yeah. The rainbow motel. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Um, so I think that's the stuff that worked. Like the field pieces worked. Um, you know, the monologue hit a lot of times, but it, it was just like, there would be a lot of moments in the show that were great, but it was tough to really, you know, you just need manpower. Dude, that's yeah. I, I, to try to do something like that with what was, so three was when you started out, what, what was the most, uh, the largest staff you to had left? There were six of us. Wow. That's, that's pretty grueling. And did everyone else? Yeah, that also includes that six includes the cameraman. And so, so everybody had other, had other jobs and stuff. So you're trying to do yeah, this. Like we had, um, one one full-time writer <laughs> a, a buddy of mine yeah. he and i and we had another guy who was like a producer writer um and in the ep and then we had the guy who show produced and like handled all the logistical stuff and then we had a field producer um but that so it was me the photographer the show producer the writer the ep and like the social media producer right doing you know a show every week a youtube channel three social media accounts yeah, yeah that's exhausting yeah. i uh, i mean i remember when it, when when i heard it was coming out and i thought your promo with the uh the half done up uh the half wrapped vehicle was yeah. was brilliant i and i was really excited because i had a feeling this was something you really wanted to do and i think that there is a really big opportunity for things like that but yeah you you can't you that's spread way too thin. I think like, you know, what would you, do, di a, what would you do differently? Sorry to cut you off. What would you do di differently if you could? It would have to be a much less ambitious show. Like, I don't know if you have, do you know Leon Rogers? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like follow him on social media and I, yeah. Have you seen his, when he was doing his show later with Leon? Uh, just some clip, just some clips here and there. That's the perfect but they're a daily show too. Okay. Right. So we didn't want to do a show like that on a weekly basis, but his template is perfect. It's, you know, they have, um, you know, he, it's him and a news anchor. She reads the stories and he reacts to it and, and offers his commentary. And that's like 10 minutes. And then they have a guest that, you know, chops it up from for 10, 10, 15 minutes. They don't really do any field pieces. Um, and that's the template that works, but I don't think, see, when you're doing a weekly show, my feeling is when you're doing a daily show, you don't have to kill them every night. Right. If you give them like a, like a couple of moments every night, it becomes part of people's routine. It's a lot tougher to become part of people's routine with a weekly show. Yeah. Especially one that's on, on a Saturday night. Right. 
right? When people are going out and they, you know, they have other things going on. So it was like, we wanted to pack as much impact stuff into a show each week so that people would come back. And I think that's a totally unsustainable model with that kind of manpower. I think the smarter place to do something like they're doing where they do a weeknight show and it's just, it's him and you like him and he's good and you're not necessarily, he doesn't have to win you over every night. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So I would, it would be way, 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 way scaled back. I mean, we, we did one to two full taped pieces every week. Field yeah. pieces. Yeah. On top of everything Plus else. On the doing. street stuff, a 12 minute monologue. <sighs> You know? Yeah, that is that's awfully ambitious. The one thing we haven't talked about at all, for the most part, is sports, and that's what yeah. your that's what your day job is. Yeah, uh, I remember one of the first times we hung out was you and me in an empty sluggers yeah. watching Yankees Cleveland Indians playoff game. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the first time we met, you were in a night of a full armor yeah. night, night costume, <laughs> and that was hilarious. So that would have been so you that was like right when so you moved here in 05, you started here in 05, you said 05. You know what the bit was? It was when Wrigley got the under armor, yeah, and you were pissed because you were from over armor <laughs> and you were wearing yeah. you had an actual night suit. You know what I think it was? I think it was just any excuse I could find to get a full suit of armor, yeah. I was going to just build a joke around being able to find a full suit of armor. Yeah. Dude, that suit of armor was like 12, it was like over a thousand dollars. Oh, oh, I'm sure. That they let me walk out of that place with. Is that place still in business? I think it was. Cause I think we tried to get a suit of armor from them for man of the people. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you can buy one. Oh really? They, they, yeah, uh, cause that was, you know, now they probably have been burned a couple of times. Yeah. They tightened up their, <laughs> uh, their policies yeah that those were uh, those were the days man you're watching the last dance i assume yes what are your thoughts on that it's phenomenal and this is from somebody who grew up in new jersey right and was a die-hard knicks fan growing up yeah so the last episode went through the 93 playoff series with uh charles smith missing four attempts i felt so bad for him Dude, that guy could not show his face in New York oh. for for months after that. But man, I just it, it reminded me, and I don't think I ever forgot, but it stirred up so many memories and feelings about how much I loved the NBA then. Yeah. I mean, I was telling my wife, like, my wife didn't really watch a ton of Jordan when she was young, you know? And uh, so she's watching it with me and she is just like, she's blown away. Yeah, this is taking the place of wrestling for her right now. She can't believe that somebody like that existed. Right. In the game. Like, and um, it's like, dude, I remember, like, as much as I, I hated the Bulls growing up, like, now I love watching Jordan stuff, right? It's right. like, you know, you're older and you can appreciate it. But do you remember, like, NBA on NBC? Yeah, for and, sure. Dude, I would watch double headers every, I mean, like it was just, and I don't know if it was just because we were younger that we enjoyed it so much more, but the NBA was so good back then. Yeah. Well, and, I, and there were fewer I, things, there were fewer things vying for everyone's attention too. I think that's it too. But I also, she goes, she asked me like, what do you think the difference was? Do you think it was because you were just younger and that's, you know, you look back on it 
more fondly. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's part of it. But also, I don't think there are the kind of rivalries in the NBA that now that there were then. Right. And the, like, per- the personalities are different, too, in sports, just in general. Yeah. There's no, like in baseball, we're never, when are we ever going to see like another like Barry Bonds or, you know, these right. larger life personalities? They're, they're very cultivated. And, and I think yeah. basketball is somewhat the same. But yeah, that's. There's no hatred. Right. Like Knicks, Bulls hated each other. Bulls, right. Pistons hated each other. Pistons, Celtics, Celtics, Lakers, like, and those were the teams every year. Like, Warriors, Cavs didn't get anybody. Right. Pissed off. Like, Bull, yeah, it was Bulls, nice Bulls, Heat, Bulls, Heat was pretty good. And then Bulls, Cavs yeah. before that. That was pretty good. But then. That was it, right? I yeah. mean, that was probably like the last really and that only lasted what a year yeah and then who would like on the east coast who would the celtics rival be uh you know when the celtics were really good i don't even know well, not, they not the Knicks. pistons right pistons that but it was lakers it was lakers celtics right right yeah no I mean, I mean like the same at the same like around the same time when like the most recent good celtics team was uh or like oh, like with, oh yeah yeah, yeah paul pierce and ray allen and those guys uh maybe the heat i don't know who they would have been I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's it though. It's not memorable yeah. at all. And like the dunk contest the dunk contest is, is cool, but it's like how many times can this year's was good, but it's like how many times can you're never gonna see like a, a Jordan because that everyone everyone's doing that right now. Everyone's doing like the amazing stuff that that you had only seen people like Jordan and Dominique do yeah. back then. So yeah. well, we we've suddenly turned into grumpy old men on our on our lawns. Um so one question that I've been asking everybody is what they would sacrifice in order for the quarantine to come to a quick and responsible end. Yeah. What would you sacrifice? What would I sacrifice? Oh, it has to be something that I value. Well, I mean, theoretically. Yeah. I've had people vary from like, some people have said body parts. One guy said he would, he would give up sex for the rest of his life. Which maybe Is the quarantine maybe, to be over? No. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> but maybe that I also don't know how long. You know, maybe he doesn't have that much sex. I don't know. I mean, it's easy to give it up yeah. if you haven't. That's the only thing that's keeping me busy during quarantine. Is, <laughs> and it's not even keeping me that busy. So don't make that face. Yeah. Uh, other people have said like, you know, I eat donuts five times a week. I would give up donuts. Yeah. You know. Uh, what would I give up? Uh, Hmm, You're like looking around your office right now. (laughs) It could be anything. Who would I give up? I would give. Oh no, she'll be pissed if I say my wife's cooking. But my wife's cooking is fantastic. Well, see, that's fine. That's a good. That's an actual sacrifice then. Yeah, because then uh, my fat ass wouldn't keep gaining weight. Right. If. Gordon Ramsay Jr. over here took a couple of weeks off. Well, would would she would you give up her good cooking so then she would be a shitty cook, or would you give up her good cooking so that she just didn't cook anymore at all? Yeah, because when I cook, I make flavorless, healthy food that allows me to fit in my clothes. Yeah, like, you know, I'll buy four pounds of chicken breasts and grill them, and that's my food. For you me. haven't you haven't aged that much, which is good. Get, 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 you know, considering you're a TV person. You know what it is. I've got, I've figured this out because I see a lot of my contemporaries and I can watch TV and I can see when their foreheads are pulled a little bit and all of a sudden they have more hair one day. Right. Um, you gonna name, I, you gonna name names? No, God, no. It's clean living, number one. And it's, I don't have any children. Right. Kid, yep. that, 
I've aged a lot though, and I don't have kids. I don't think you've aged uh, that much. If I took my hat off right now and you saw how little hair I have left, and if my yeah, beard... but everybody loses hair. I you haven't, or or you haven't, or have you gone the 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 uh, no, not yet. Off. Look at this thing, man. This is like that's impressive. This is the longest I've gone without a haircut in, in probably fifteen years. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty thick. Do you, do you color it? No, I don't color it either. What? I don't have any gray. Yeah, I get like you asshole. One or, one or two little hairs here get gray, dude. And I get a little gray if I let my beard grow. I get a little gray. But I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, I have no gray hair, really. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have what hair I have left is turning gray rapidly. Uh, I have I'm getting like gray chest hair, dude. Like it's oh yeah no. yeah it's it's all downhill from here. Oh boy, and I'm only 43. Just wait until your pubes start graying, then you're in real too, trouble. Too late, too late. But I do manscape, so there's not a lot there to, to uh, you know, turn gray. Um, so, quick, couple quick rapid fire questions before I let you go. Uh, best moment of your career? Um, I would say oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd say the 05 socks. Okay. Only because I had only. Like I've I've covered every championship right since being here, other than the NBA Finals. But the Sox was really cool because I had just started. I started in July. I was covering a White Sox World Series two months later. Right. Right. And yeah. I was young and I wasn't jaded and cynical like I am now. Right. So I think like I still had my innocence then. Sure. Right. We, we all did. Uh, but that and then um, what else was I mean the Super Bowl was Super Bowl was great. It's 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 tough. I think um, covering that Sox thing was fun. And then doing like the first episode when we finally did the first episode of Man of the People, I think that was also like a really, you know, what we went through to get that first episode done and have it so well received, that was that was pretty great too. Wor- worst moment. The worst moment. Um, well, I don't know if it was the worst for me. Do kids listen to this podcast? I strongly doubt it. The time I said on TV that there was no uh, Christmas icon. Let's just put it that way. Oh, and I thought oh, it was oh, yeah. And uh, somebody like somebody on the on the desk with me was like, you really don't mean that, right? I'm like, no, I definitely mean it. (laughs) And I would say half of the responses were that was the funniest thing I've ever seen on television in my life. And the other half was, I'm going to murder you. (laughs) You've ruined Christmas. I want you to die. Um, So that was probably the worst for... uh, my bosses sure it wasn't really that worse for me but probably a moment that i might do a little bit did you get did you get heat internally not really believe it or not that's good it's pretty amazing yeah um that's yeah that's that's impressive you guys are pretty vocal about the uh the viewer mail and email that you get across the the gamut uh, do you ever get, I mean, you seem, you seem to be pretty used to it, but, uh, people feel like they can, they can tell you whatever they have on their mind oh. about you. Oh yeah. And the women probably get, the women probably get it worse as it relates to their appearance. I'm sure they get, see, they do. They get, I think the women probably get it way worse 
in terms of like, you know, that dress makes you look fat or are you pregnant? You know, are you pregnant? But I get stuff like I want to punch you in your face when I see you. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, it sucks to be called fat, but I was a fat kid once. And uh, I got to tell you, I fear a big guy punching me a lot more than I do a fat joke. Right. Yeah. Fair. Uh, threats of violence are never, uh, yeah, dude, like guys on the internet are very, there's a lot of internet tough guys that are like, you have such a punchable face. I hate your voice. I want to break your jaw. Like, okay. Yeah. Good morning. Does anyone ever say things like that to you to your face? Never. And you know, for sure that you have been out and someone who has said something sure. shitty to you like that has been in the same bar restaurant room as you. And they, that happens to, you know, my wife gets so much shit online to the point where like, I don't even yeah. go on Twitter because I don't want to see the terrible things people are saying to her. She, she handles it much better now than she did a decade ago, but yeah. it's still awful. And I will guarantee you there are no, numerous times that we've been like at a Cubs game or wherever. And the same asshole who said something terrible to her on Twitter is like right. two people away from us. and doesn't have the balls. And sometimes I'm sure they're even the same people who are like saying hi, cause they recognize right. That's you have the balls. And a lot of times, like there have been a couple of times where, you know, you, you can get a vibe if somebody doesn't like you. Right. For sure. You, you know, you can tell the way they're looking at you. You can tell, and I get it. Like, you know, there have been plenty of people on TV that I'm like, I don't know why I can't stand this guy. I don't know anything about this guy. I just don't like him. That normally happens uh, with, with Sarah and me when we're watching Jeopardy and we're like, man, yeah. this, this contestant annoys the shit out of me. Right. And, and like, there are the times where, like... I'm not going to tweet them that, though. People will, like, you'll see them in public. And it's like, I remember I had this one incident where this guy, like, he he kind of, like, you know, just made, like, a snide comment, you know. But it was, like, kind of like a real half-ass attempt. And it was like, I challenged him on it. I'm like, is there is there a problem? <laughs> he was not expecting that. No, and they don't expect, and this guy was a, was a big dude, you know, but it's like, even when, like, when you call them on What it, was the setting? Where were you? Dude, I was at a, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names, but I was at like a, he, this guy had a couple of drinks and it was at like, it was at a charity function. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, really, dude? At a, they say, do you want to talk about something? Is there something you need to get off your chest? He's like, no, no, no I'm just kidding. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> That was good. That was it's, it's so like yeah, it's 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 a toxic, toxic environment. Yeah. And good and good thing you uh have made the segue into stand-up comedy because there's nothing toxic in stand-up comedy. <laughs> right. That's that's why I made the transition into stand-up comedy. Right. You wanted it's, a safer space. Because it accepts damaged people. Yeah. Um, so would you like to add anything in closing? You've been very generous with your, with your time since I know you have so much going on right now. Yeah, uh, no, I have nothing. This, this gave me something to do. Yeah. No, I threw my back out last week trying oh. to carry a treadmill up, up a flight of stairs. And the, the, uh, the best workout most people get related to a treadmill is bringing it into the house. Dude, I got it from my wife because, you know, she can't be outside a ton. And my back is now, I'm taking baths. I, it's like I'm, it's like I'm an, like an old Manhattan lady, like a socialite. I'm taking soaks. Yeah. At night. Uh, one of my buddies, I think he was, I think it was a treadmill he was moving and his bicep detached from his arm. And he had to, have, oh! yeah, you had to have like one of those big, like, 
uh, Alex Smith style like metal things oh, and surgery. Have you watched that yet? Oh, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. It's amazing. I haven't seen it yet. It's disgusting. Like yeah. the shots of his leg are. I mean, it looks like you're at a deli and you're like buying. Uh, it's this. It's disgusting. And I, it it gave me. I, you know, like it gave me a lot of respect for him. It also really made me laugh at. I remember specifically people saying, "Hey, the Bears should go after Alex Smith after he after his leg was shattered." Uh, and like he thinks he's gonna he's trying to play again, which I'm like, yeah. okay, but like, uh, I, I mean, I didn't see this. I like from they, what I've heard, it's like just like incredibly inspiring. Like the guy's uh, just amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't, you don't get that takeaway. Well, um, I mean, he almost died, you know. So yeah. like, yeah, to be able to come back from all that is very inspiring. I would probably not be. I mean, I'm I'm a quitter by nature, so I would probably not be. You, you know, would take your millions and go enjoy life at that. Point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have tried to save my leg, which he did, but I would not be yeah. like considering a comeback to a sport that that destroyed. You go, yeah, yeah you go the Jason Street route and you coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I cannot imagine. Well, I've never seen that. But, uh, you never see Friday Night Lights? No, I know. The TV show? No. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. I know, I know. I've I've heard. There's so many. There's so many like The Wire. There's so many amazing shows. But like, I can't imagine you being. You see out, The Wire either? No, but I have seen like I've seen a lot of good shows. Yeah. Um, you you'd love Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I'll I'll add so it to good. the I'll add it to the rotation, or to the list. Uh, but I can't imagine being Alex Smith. And saying like, yeah, I'm gonna come back. And then line, the first time you line up in a game and you look, and there's a guy. If it's not JJ Watt, it's someone like JJ Watt who yeah. destroyed your leg and put you in a world of hurt for years. I cannot yeah, imagine. They, no way. They don't think like that, or else they would never get on the field. True. Like I watch football, and I'm amazed that somebody doesn't die every week. Oh, for sure. Like they don't, they don't, they're of a different ilk. We, yeah. I'll be watching football and I'll be like, that hit would have killed me. Like I would now yeah. be, I would be peeing blood after that hit. Like there's sure. no doubt. Yeah. On that note. Oh, I also want, I did, I, I saw the thing you posted. I don't think I saw it when it ran real time, but when you, when the Jets were in town and you, oh, yeah. you were going around dressed up like Jets fans, that was really yeah. funny. That was so fun. Yeah. That was so fun. They're just such a miserable fan base, <laughs> which is expected because, the their their team has done nothing but shove shit down their throats for yeah. Know, I also think I also time. think Joe Namath is the most over, overrated quarterback of all time. Well, I think I think on a career body of work, you might be able to make that uh, that uh, proclamation, but it doesn't matter because he guaranteed a Super Bowl and he won it. Yeah, so you're never going to win that argument. Well, he's still. But I'm not. A, I was never a Jets fan, so you're not offending me. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to goad you into a fight. No, uh, no, what no. what what's been the biggest difference between? And I know you didn't come straight from the East Coast here. You, I remember you spent some time in Rhinelander, covering yeah. covering the Hodags and hitting. Yeah, yeah, hitting, hit, 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 yeah, running over couches with the. Uh, you remember that story, dude? Yeah, this isn't fur. It's upholstery. Yeah, I remember that story. Oh my god! You, yeah, I didn't remember that I told you that story. Yeah, well, we did. We did an interview for that. You let me interview you for the Heckler back in when I, we had a print version, and that was one of your yeah. stories. Was uh, driving around getting getting uh, video of football, yeah. high school football on Friday nights, and one night you were like speeding and you hit something and you thought it was an animal and you pulled yeah. you pulled over and thought it was, it was a carcass and it was a, but it was a piece of a couch and so. Yeah, because there were two cars ahead of me, and they were all hitting their brakes. And like, what are these idiots slowing down for? I got to get to the next game. 
and I cut them off and all of a sudden just blasted over this object in the middle of the road. It just kept going. I didn't even know I ran it over. I was like, hell with it. I got to get to this game. And then all of a sudden just smoke is pouring out of the hood. And I'm like going around to the front of the car and I see like fur sticking out and it was a piece of wood frame covered in upholstery. And I remember pulling it out and when I pulled it out, fluid just poured out of the the undercarriage of the car. Did they bill you for the repairs on that? I could see a small time. Yeah, dude, it was covered by insurance. I could I see was a small. To get an Antigo Merrill football game, man. That was a big Valley Conference game. Yeah, I could see a small town TV station giving you the bill for that repair. You know what the best part was is that there was another guy getting a game like the town over. He swung by, picked me up. We left the car, got back to the station. Did the show on time. Nice. The show must go on. That's what it takes, man. Yeah, that's when you knew you were destined for the big time. Yeah. So cool, the man. most fun I had in my career, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah? Yeah, dude, because, you know, you're making nothing. You're going out drinking every night. You're with all people your age from big cities who don't want to be there. Right. It's like you never have that kind of camaraderie as you do in your first market. That's fair, yeah. You know, where'd you go after? I would never, ever go back there again to work or to um, visit. What's that to work or to visit for both, dude. I like, I don't eat cereal for dinner anymore that, you know, it's, I don't want to go back to that life. Right. You would visit, you would go up and you would. Yeah. My go... wife's family still lives up there. Is that where you guys met? Yeah. I met her in Rhinelander. No She's way. She's not from there. Where's she from? She was, Everybody uh, who lives mom in... moved up there from Florida when she got remarried. And then Amy was up there visiting. And then we met. She got sick. And then we met. And then um, she left with me to go to Buffalo. Wow. I had Yeah, because I feel like everyone who lives in Rhinelander is from Rhinelander. Yeah, for the most part. Except for yeah. your wife's mother. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Love, man mysterious i love it up there now i i you know it's i couldn't live there but i love i love visiting yeah nobody there it's quiet it's nature they live on a lake that's nice it's very nice i remember, I remember what lakes look like um, i haven't seen one in a while well thanks dude i appreciate you taking the time man this was longer than uh, this, was, this was longer than i promised you so i i appreciate right. i appreciate that we'll go take my bath now good good you 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 can do like uh like pt at home for back injuries I am, but it helps, and then I do something to tweak it. It's just I'm all out of whack. I got so many injuries that would take up another twenty minutes of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've we've done enough uh, grumpy old man shtick. Well, cool. be safe and cover your face. Yeah, you too. Tell your lovely wife I said hello. Yeah, you too. I've only met your lovely wife once or twice, but please tell her I said hello, hello as well. I will, and tell her I'll I'll disable all those dummy accounts that I use to troll her. <laughs> She'll do the same. Okay. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. There you have it. My wellness check in both glorious parts with Pat Tomasulo. I hope you enjoyed it very much. As you can probably tell, I am a fan of Pat's. I think he has a constant desire to stay creative and to keep his audience entertained and engaged and I think that is commendable particularly for a guy who is working in the traditional media like television as I always mention I've got uh, some other great guests in the works I'm looking forward to that very much please continue to rate review 
download, share, subscribe, all of that. I appreciate it very much. It's nice to see our listenership numbers have been decent and increasing, which is part of the reason I've been putting more effort into these and trying to improve the production quality, adding some music. I have a producer now, my buddy Drew. I've been enjoying these. They're a nice way to break up the monotony of life in quarantine, and I hope you are enjoying them as well. Until next time, please take care. Thank you very much for listening to a very important podcast by The Heckler. Our producer is Drew Worley. The intro music is by a band called Games. The outro music is by Checky Brown, and I'm Brad Zabung. Thank you very much for listening, and for more information, check us out at theheckler.com. Yeah.